gorgeous out. Let's pop some docks. This is the Updock Podcast, a blend of upland and waterfowl hunting. Tune in as your hosts, Tyler Meaden, Jeff Ludicky, Matt Jeske, chat about training dogs and share their bird hunting stories, tactics, and strategies. This is a live. Yeah, we're gonna do it. It is gonna be live because I I don't have a lot of thoughts. That's your baby, Jeff. So let it, let it fly. I have last year's here. Yeah. This will help. Your last year's you goals. Okay. Yeah, it's the go. same. Perfect. It's the same goal for 2024. <laughs> there you go. There you go. All right. Welcome back to another episode of the Up Duck Podcast. Uh, if you could tell, this episode we are gonna talk about. Well, let's back up. We're gonna put a bow on the 2023 season. Talk about how that wrapped up for all of us. Uh, spoiler, probably not great. Uh, uh, but but it's over with, and now we can look forward to 2024. So we'll take a look at that as well, and then I'm sure we'll go down a few rabbit holes while we're there. Uh, my name is Tyler Meaden. I'm one of your hosts. I've got Jeff Ludicky, the former rooster assassin, with me, and Matt Jeske, the Mississippi Riverboat gambler. What's up, fellas? The former rooster assassin. I deserve that after the uh, the last episode that we that just dropped. You did, yeah. Tyler, hey. Tyler is now the rooster assassin, apparently. But hey, apparently. I, I, I shot a couple roosters the last couple weeks here, so I'm, I'm slowly getting the title back. I'm just giving you. I think you've earned it back because, well, um, if we're gonna start, we're gonna go. If we're gonna dive right into business, right? We got end of season wrap up, right? The holiday hunt in Wisconsin. They plant a whole bunch of birds, and I got out one time from once we got back from Iowa until the end of the season and a month, a whole month, basically a month. And, um, I got it one time. There was a rooster that was flushed 30 yards from the truck right off the road. And I promptly missed. You killed I, a bush. Oh, yeah. oh, I did. I yeah, smoked. That tree really got it. Oh, he got that thing. Three, got three times, I think. Yeah. Yes. You were letting it, you let it fly. Yes it got when it, when it, a tree when a tree meets the quickest gun in Oconomowoc it's usually not good for the tree no. I was slow on the draw on that one you saw the video it's on social media if you haven't seen it um, you were waiting for it to clear the tree it never did so you just let it fly <laughs> well it got he got out low and I was like I gotta wait and then he, I had to wait for him to get it yeah I was just that was just a horrible I went the wrong way around the little willow patch right and then i was two steps slow and then i had to wait and then he didn't really clear and then i just let it fly it just mm, it just sucked yeah it just sucked and then i wanted to go out between christmas and new year's and then i got the stomach flu and puked my guts out started my you know post christmas health goals and purge early a little early with that and yeah, then that was it. I've got my uh, final rise vest here just off to my left That's uh, that I didn't order in time to get for our trip to Iowa, and I used one time. So, And a bird has not seen the back of that vest yet. Correct. It is still sparkly new. <laughs> but you like it. It was comfortable. I, I love it. It was okay, great. Good. Yeah, it was, it was wonderful. Um, you know, I had a bunch of stuff, a couple of water bottles loaded up. And, uh, I, I have, I can't wait to put some birds in it. I think 
I think there's going to be a game farm hunter too between now and the end of March. I just think that's what's going to have to happen. We're just going to pay for some birds and, you know, we'll utilize it. We'll break it. I got to break it in. You get, can't get a new vest and not get blood on it. Yeah. I cannot wait 12 months to get blood on it. Yeah. No, I agree. I agree. Game farm, couple game farm hunts is definitely, definitely needed here in the next few months just to keep the dogs, get them some work and get us some practice shooting too. Right. Yeah. Well, what about, what about the how unsatisfying december was i mean i've got i've got an itchy trigger finger i need to get some blood on my hands that sounds terrible but ooh, i need to i need to like kill i need to kill a few birds there's no easier way to do it than a game farm hunt <laughs> game farm Here, hunt experienced dog <laughs> we're putting out this many birds in this 20 acre plot go for it <laughs> mm -hmm. bingo bingo although but it's good it's good exercise it's good for the dogs it is the dog that yeah. needs it is ren um yeah working on that so that would be that would be ideal for her especially with this heavy snow that we just got just plop some of that insanely thick cover down a little bit and let her move around a little bit more easily and continue to build her confidence and yeah she'll be rocking and rolling nice so yeah yeah, that was my end of the season recap. Uh, missed a bird, puked my guts out, didn't make it out one more time. Heck of an end of 2023, buddy. Yeah, yeah. Oh, man. Bring it on. Bring it on. Jen, we could talk about the holiday hunt some more. I want to I wanna just put a little teaser out there because oh. I, know, I know one of us here has a little soapbox they want to stand on. Oh, so. man. We're gonna we're gonna hold that thought though because <clears throat> speaking of disappointments, uh, Matt, yeah. you took a you took a little trip. Where did you head to? Yeah, I went on the annual trip with my dad down to Real Foot Lake in Tennessee. Okay, and, so uh, yeah, okay. So <laughs> questions so, are good because it's gonna be short. <laughs> so this trip here, how many years have you been doing it? I just looked it up. This was my my twentieth trip. Holy I think. Crap. I think and my dad so we, i missed the year that tommy was born so he's got 21 maybe and then one of the guys to go with is probably his 24th trip over 25 years or something like that okay so how long yeah. have you been alive yeah well coming up on 35 here shortly okay so i've been yeah i've been going uh since i uh, january 2003 was my first or 2004 I don't know. It's 2003 or 2004. I've been every year but one since then. Okay. And when you go down there, what is it? What do you, what do you, what is it typically like when you go down there? I mean, it's so I actually, I started a little tracker sheet a couple of years ago based on like notes we had or pictures we had or whatever and like pretty steady. So I've gone since 2004. Um, it, it can vary, right? It's, you you have set dates. We go every time at this year, and it just depends on what birds are there. Um, you know, we have phenomenal days where you are shooting limits of mallards every single day. Um, if you're frozen out and we're on an open water blind, it's for us. It hasn't been typically nearly as good. Maybe you're shooting some divers and mallards. Um, but the last five years, let's say maybe six, you know, we're you seven back to 2016. You have a minimum of one day where you're shooting uh, into the teens at a minimum um, number of birds. You know, you might have a day where you're only shooting three or four on either end of that, but you know, you pretty good. You have a pretty good one or two days out of three, which okay. that's why you always book three days, right? 
Yep. Um, and, you know, we talked to our guy this year before we went down, and he's usually very straight, honest with us since we've come so long. And he's like, it's been terrible. You know, they're shooting a handful at most per day. So we went down there with pretty low expectations, and it, it turned out pretty much like that. We shot two, six, and two um, over three days. So it was pretty slow. How big, how, how big, I was going to say, how many guys are, are in the blind with you on a given um, day? Six. No. Which includes a guide and his assistant. So, yeah. So did happy. you did you shoot a bird? Is there a bird that you know that you killed or not really? Oh, 100, 100%. Yep. Okay. Well, that's good. Yep. At least you got, yeah, at least no, you got one. Confirmed. Okay. Two, at minimum of three. That's good. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Well, you're like the ace in the whole shooter there. But okay. Next question. Yeah. Important one. Yeah. Were you wearing the GoPro when you shot these birds? No, because all of the birds, and this was kind of rare when our guy told us like, Usually you see birds pretty much steady throughout the afternoon. So you have to be off the lake at three o'clock. It's a refuge. So there's a rule law, something on that lake where basically at three o'clock it's bird resting time. So you can't, you can be coming in off the lake, but you gotta be done shooting at three. So usually, you know, you stick it out the entire day or whatever, but our guide told us he probably hadn't seen over 400 ducks after 1030 in the morning. That was the entire month of December. So that's not a good sign, obviously. Um, so all of our birds, I want to say, were shot probably before 8 o'clock, 8.30 at the latest. So those first ones of the 10 we shot, six of them were right at opening light. So not GoPro time at all. So I didn't even bring it out of the bag. And knowing how it wasn't going to be so great, I didn't really have it. I didn't have it ready. I didn't think we were going to be the ones to, you know, turn the tides of, of luck down there for migration or anything. So I, I had it in my blind bag, but did not bring it out. Okay. So what do you so, attribute? What do you attribute the uh, the bad luck to? Do you think it was a weather related issue? Do you think the birds were too pressured? Like, what do you, what do you so foresee birds, was the issue? We saw a lot of birds, and they're. I think our guide was telling us they're seeing a lot of them it's just the way they're acting like they might get down and close but they're pretty stale so they've been around for a long time um but if you think about it we just got 12 inches of snow for the first time yesterday right it's january 10th or whatever day it is you know that's not typical you know if there's yeah. food and water up here and there has been up until recently i don't they people of the south don't think we've had the, the weather to move birds yet i mean we got a text on our way back up um, some friends that hunt over, you know, near Racine, you know, he was just checking his properties, maybe for, for geese or whatever. I mean, he had thousands of ducks still on ponds and cornfields up, up North. They just haven't moved maybe. Um, and, and it's not just like our guide was having a bad year. You know, he was having better days than some people. And that says a lot. We talked to his uncle who's in his sixties, probably maybe 70. Um, you know, he was talking about it's probably the worst year he remembers, and he's been on that lake his entire life. So something, something weird, weather, migration, yeah. just a, an off year. It's definitely been unseasonably warm up here up until, you know, this coming week. We had that one big cold snap. What was it the Super last early. weekend of November? I think it was like the, yeah. week, the week before the season closed. It got real cold. We, yeah. Yep. That probably pushed a good number of birds down and then you know it warmed right back up and just stayed there so those birds just they kind of stopped yeah yeah so yeah. <clears throat> it so happens. did uh did, was there like breakfast in the blind 
Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Tyler. Of course, you're gonna go there. Yeah. Well, well, yeah. So this that's, is... that's kind of included in your in your deal down there. So like the, the way the blind is set up, it's kind of like a house, right? It's got either couches or chairs or something down there that you can sit in. Um, and then it's got like our blind, our guide has a actually has a blackstone now. He's really moving on up, so he's got a blackstone and a, a kitchen oven, so you can bake cookies and biscuits and stuff in the oven. But, uh, you know, it's every morning you're having biscuits and eggs and, you know, sausage patties or pork tenderloin or I think one, one morning, the third morning, he made pancakes. So, you know, it was a big, you get a nice big breakfast brunch. Okay. Tyler's yeah. signing, he's signing himself up for next year. I can already yeah. see it now. So, <laughs> Just for so food. he doesn't care I'm... if the hunting's terrible. <laughs> That meal plan sounds amazing. <laughs> that sounds it sounds fantastic. You know yeah. what, Jeff? Something there's some things that are there's more than there's more than killing birds to hunting. Okay, it's about experiences. Life's about exactly. experiences. And that sounds like a things. wonderful experience. It's a little. And things. I was what I was really doing was I was fishing for a little bit a little bit of positivity to the trip. Which mm -hmm. is, hey, I get I like breakfast it. in the blind, and it's delicious, right? I like Food it. is very good. Yeah, every year I know. The little gas station store down the street where you know our guy buys stuff you know i i go in now and buy sausage from there so it's like a local type brand you know season super super good so i brought that home another two packages of patties i think i've been doing that the last couple of years now so yeah it was worth you know worth the drive okay always a good time even though the ducks didn't show up it was a lot of staring up at skies for, for <laughs> not a lot though i'll tell you that so now I looked into this lake a little bit because I was curious. And upon yeah. looking on Google Maps, as you zoom in there, it looks like there's just like hundreds of blinds that mm -hmm. all look very similar from the aerial views. Mm -hmm. So I started reading up on it a little bit. and It looks like there is like some kind of lottery or drawing for specific blinds. Now, does your guide have to do that or is his blind on private land? His is not on private. It's on public. Um, and it'll be very interesting um, as they as guides age out. So um, my guide's family was kind of like the founding guides of the lake. So when in the, I want to say the 90s, they changed the law. So you had private blinds on the public lake. Okay, so they kind of grandfathered into They grandfathered stuff. in the family blinds. So if you if you had your name on on the blind or, you know, registered with the state, you have that blind until you die then it goes into the lottery system so right now you know my guide has four blinds in his name you know his dad's old blind his old blind a blind out on the open water just because they had built those and owned them you know i think my guide is third generation and the son is fourth generation guiding there so his son is in a predicament because he leases a blind from a man just down down the slough from his dad, but that man is uh, of pretty poor health. So when he passes, you know, his son is going to lose that lease on that blind and it's going to go into a lottery. So when those go into the lottery, it goes through the state and anyone can get it, but the state doesn't upkeep the blinds. So you need to put in thousands of dollars of rebuilding this blind and rushing it to take care of it. So it'll be interesting in the next couple of years, you know, to see what the state of those blinds look like as more people, you know, are are winning the lottery, but maybe not taking care of them. And these don't change hands year after year. This is they like, do. It's oh, they do. It's, it's every year. So you're putting in so, thousands of dollars for upkeep. 
and you only have yeah. this thing for guaranteed you only have it for one year yeah one season the, 60 days one season so that's the predicament yep that's crazy yeah ah, interesting yep so is it is it pretty po- i mean is it basically like a war zone out there some years obviously this year was different but is there a lot of guys is the lake packed is there tons of shooting oh, yeah. normally yeah yep yep definitely gotcha. yeah yep i mean the bolt ramp i'd say the bolt ramp the bolt ramp we go to there's multiple ones right um you know because we're on kind of the south end of the lake there's there's boat lines up or boat launches up and down the lake that you put in whatever safest to come across right um and there's there's good numbers of people out there every single day nice yep. and you can leave the decoys out you said right yeah yeah yeah, yeah that's, inter- that's interesting too yeah picking those up yeah but i mean that's got a the spread has to get a little stale after a while too right i mean especially if you got birds that are kind of just been hanging out in the area for multiple weeks i mean does yeah. he have to kind of mix it up a little bit right he, he does so like when we were out there and it was really slow you know say one o'clock we're like well we're, we're ready to pack it up if you have stuff to do out there you know maintenance and stuff and maybe he'd move one pocket of birds over here and you know adjust for maybe the next day's wind he'd move you know a couple dozen at a time but there's a thousand out there so it's kind of pick and choose what you want just have a, a big kill hole out front basically is kind of how it's set up yeah that's wild. So different mm-hmm. than what we what we uh, oh, yeah, it's, experience here in Wisconsin. No compare. Yep. <laughs> yeah, they they call it ducks that you wouldn't even think of, you know, you might not even see sometimes at home. It's crazy. I can't even imagine. No. You can imagine that food though. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that sausage sizzling on the grill and the blind. Exactly. Yeah, the duck calls overhead. Yeah. Yeah, that I mean, Tyler, you would have missed that opportunity probably. I think it was the first day, the second duck. So when you get your food, you know, you get it on a little plate, and most people just kind of sit down on the steps where you're, where you stand up to, and you know, the guy's down there cooking, and his assistant is sitting on the little bench looking out. Um, but he had turned around to eat, and usually there's one person like pretty actively looking, and I had just got my plate of food, turned around. My guide was starting to come up into his hole, and I was like, "Jeremy, there they are!" Like they were, there was a four pack just dumping in, and like I had to basically like drop my plate on like the the bench or like the rest right in front of you, and grab my gun. And me and my guide killed one out of four because you know you literally had like greasy hands, and nobody was up there. But you know the of the ten ducks that came even close, four of them came in, and everybody had like hands full or weren't even weren't even looking at you know that always happens right it doesn't matter where you are of course it's when you're you're working on eating i just i, I want to know did, did did they make fresh baked cookies every single day in the blind uh usually yeah Almost every day. <laughs> oh, they got a, they got a coffee maker in there too i would imagine uh no coffee yet. What? Brings what? Their own. yeah yeah there's a lot uh, of soda being drank not not a lot of not a lot of coffee Okay. I feel like a coffee a coffee pot would be number one for me. Yeah, I mean you can because everything's run off a generator, so it's not like they couldn't have a coffee pot running. I'm sure there's plenty of blinds on the lake that have a coffee pot. Well, I mean, I could bring a thermos. I, I'm what I'm okay. I'm getting really get hungry the, right the now. The Stanley, get the Stanley oh, out. Yeah, that's right. The old school Stanley. That's right. The the OG Stanleys. <laughs> yep. Right. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking about coffee, like thermos coffee pour into the lid right fresh baked chocolate chip cookie 
Yeah. Mm-mm, let those ducks fly on by. Let me just. Enjoy <laughs> he don't even yeah. care. <laughs> he'd be down. He'd be down in the pit just, just eating the whole time, shoveling it yeah. in. No, no, I want to be on the bench. I want to be what? I want to be taking in the moment here, right? Wow, look at those ducks dumping in the depot. <laughs> yeah. I wish I had my gun, but I've got a handful of coffee and a handful of cookie here. Hope and you guys can shoot the- straight. <laughs> yeah. Hey, let her yeah. fly. Hey, don't yeah. leave it. Don't leave a shell in the chamber. Right. <laughs> uh, that's awesome. That is good. That is good. All right, let's uh, let's flip over to Mister Ludicky. Oh Jeff. boy, Jeff. Let's talk Where about to start. <laughs> Where do you want to start, Jeff? You're and you went out a bunch. Yeah, start on your successes so you can rant after that. Yeah, true. Very true. Oh yeah, successes. Wait, let me interrupt. Let me interrupt before I get there. You went out quite a bit. Felt like every other day, every weekend day, you were out hunting. And um, I was thinking, I was like, boy, your wife must really want to get Josie some exercise. Oh, yes. She is all about it. If there is an opportunity for me to sneak out for a few hours while the kids are napping or quiet time or what have you, she's she's all about me going out there and, and running the dog. Um, she's got tons and tons of energy, especially on this Anukshuk food. She just doesn't get tired, um, which is a good thing. It's a good thing. But uh yeah, she needs a lot of a lot of exercise. So that's my <clears throat> that's how I can get out as much as I can. Is if I didn't have a dog, I wouldn't be hunting nearly as much as I do. Okay. So um, what I'm what I'm hearing is tip for listeners: if you're looking at getting a dog and you want to hunt a lot, get a dog with lots of energy that drives your high drive. Yeah, that yes. drives your significant significant other up a wall at times when they get overstimulated, right? And they say, you know what? Take the dog out, go hunting. They need some exercise. I need some quiet time. Yep. And that's exactly what happens in our household very frequently. And I'm, I'm only hunting short bursts. So, and I, I'm fortunate enough to live near a huge track of public land. Um, unfortunately, there's not wild birds on this track of land, but the DNR does release them. Um, and it's, I think it's 30,000 acres. So it's, it's absolutely huge. Um, the large majority of it is, is nice walkable habitat. I can hop in the truck. I keep my bin in the back of my truck. It's literally grab my gun out of the safe dog jumps in the truck and I can, from the time I start getting ready to while I'm hunting is like less than 20 minutes. Um, so it's really easy for me to like drop of a hat, go out just on a whim. Um, like a f- within five minute decision, I'm already on the road kind of thing and, and on my way. So it's kind of nice. Um, but yeah, I, I did get out quite a bit. I put on quite a few miles. Um, should have probably have seen more birds for the amount of miles that I covered, but, uh, yeah, I guess that's why I'm a little bit frustrated, (laughs) but yeah, successes. So it was, did I get out? I, I did get out on the last day. Um, it was the, the week prior to the closing, I went out and I was able to shoot a couple roosters, um, in an hour actually on some public ground. Um, this isn't an area where they release birds. Um, but there's a local club nearby that I know about. Um, so I can, I can sneak out there and, and hunt what I call the escapees. Um, so these were released birds by the club that have escaped and, and found themselves on the public land. So I can get out there and, and get after them late season after, uh, the DNR stops releasing, but I was able to get a couple of nice roosters, um, that day. Uh, and what I, about, yeah. what, what, was there something tied to one of those roosters legs? Oh yeah. So it's actually a pretty funny story. <clears throat> uh, so one of my neighbors belongs to this club 
And he was, I had, I had talked to him, you know, when he was out taking a walk or something in the neighborhood. And he had mentioned that this club does a, a holiday hunt with all of their members and they release a lot of birds. I don't remember the number, but it might be like 50, let's say 50 to a hundred birds they release. And they put a zip tie on one of their legs, the legs of one of the birds. And whoever shoots that bird gets a cash prize. I think it was a pretty significant amount of money. I don't want to quote how much it was, um, but it was a good chunk of money for whoever gets this bird. Are we so, talking 50 bucks, 100 bucks, 500 bucks, 5,000 bucks? What are we talking about? It's in the hundreds. I think okay. it was in the hundreds for sure. Okay. So a pretty significant amount of money. Maybe it was like $500 or something. He can correct me. I, I think he listens to this podcast, so I'm sure he can correct me on this. But um, so, yeah, I, uh, I ended up getting the rooster on the public ground that had the zip tie on its leg. I shot this bird. Josie retrieved it like what in the shit is this there was a yellow zip tie on on the back of one of his legs so i sent him a text i said i think i remember you telling me something about your club marking a bird for this holiday hunt and he said yeah i think they put like a zip tie on it or something so i sent him a picture and i said i accept paypal or venmo where's my money (laughs) (laughs) so turns out his buddy a buddy of his at the club actually shot and missed it he said he winged it or something, I think, but he, his buddy is the one that missed it. So he would have had the cash prize and here I end up shooting it on public ground. So it was a pretty funny story. So you sent a video, right? And you were in some gnarly stuff. I mean, it looked yeah. like you were, you were like grouse hunting for fun. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Um, I guess this is one of my tricks, but. What I've found on the Wisconsin, the DNR birds, it seems like, especially late in the season, I mean, if there's not a lot of snow on the ground, it's not super cold. For whatever reason, I I have success late season in the tree lines, um, actually walking through the woods. I know wild birds don't like to really get into the trees all that much, but for whatever reason, these DNR birds seem like they they like to to spend their time in the woods. Um, So... I usually have some success late season walking through the woods, but yeah, I killed a couple branches during that endeavor as well. So have you, have you, have you thought about rationally why they would, why do they want that cover over their head? Yeah. I mean, it's obviously from predation. Um, you know, we have a lot of hawks and stuff around the area, so there's not a whole lot of like big willow thickets and things like that, that you really see, you know, when you head out West, um, here, you know, it's, and in this area that I hunt, you know, a lot of the areas where I hunt, you know, it's kind of very low marshy um, areas. So the trees that are around, you know, they're not huge trees. It's real thick uh, underbrush, you know, they're, they're real skinny trees. Um, so yeah, they, they like to hang in, hang out in there. I think a lot late season to get away from the hawks and the owls and such. Yeah. Do they run, do they run a lot in those trees? Cause you think it's pretty open. I mean, I would have step in there and then be gone i know they're not wild but they do yeah they do run a lot um but there's usually some like where i where i usually go there's like little kind of patches and little balls of uh Mm. of grasses inside of there so they'll run around and they just kind of like hop from ball to ball um but yeah they do run a lot more than normal but generally you can still get some good shooting in but yeah, it is, it is kind of like a grouse hunt for pheasants. It's fun. If it, I mean, if, if you haven't shot a rooster in the woods, it's actually a lot of fun. 
it's uh it's interesting i forget who um i forget who told me this it was someone who if i could remember who it was it's like fairly well educated on thinking about birds that are raised in pens right they always have that that safety net yeah, over the they, top of them they have that right, canopy yeah. so they exactly yep so then they they get released in the wild they seek that out because it's it's like it feels like safety for them yeah you know that makes total sense does in this case though too i mean you have you have the maybe that some of the best cover though too jeff where you're hunting is in right. some of that spots too and it's right, right. where your hunt, hunters aren't necessarily walking in there they're pushing birds into there though Right. They do. And they push them into those transitions. You know, and a lot of times guys will walk the outside edges of the woods. You know, they'll be 50 yards from the edge of the tree line, you know, working the grasses. But a lot of times them birds, especially here, they'll, they'll run into those, those tree cut, the tree lines, and they just hang out in there. So if you can actually get yourself into the tree lines, I mean, obviously there's a lot of situations where you're not going to get a shot, but you end up you surprisingly you get quite a few shots and, and you can have some success if you actually get into the woods hmm. so yeah at least i've that's that's what i found it's good so and it's usually late season late season is when i'll i'll kind of transition and actually walk the woods and stuff a little bit well late season the cover is beaten down too so. right yeah a lot of those grasses got snow cover on them or they've been wind blown down and yeah that's a lot a lot thinner mm yeah so i've got i have a question for you i'll ask matt this first matt what happens when you shoot a bird shoot a rooster and then it, you you wound it and it lands in a tree what do you do when that happens i've never actually had that happen what would you hypothetically speaking would you I'm, shoot the bird out of the tree would you shake the bird out of the tree what do you I'm think would you climb up there and like you know slice his throat or depends on the tree right <laughs> I, I guess i mean those thin trees not gonna climb very well <laughs> Yes, that's an interesting one because this is what happened to me. This is what you're getting at, Tyler. As uh, you sent the video, we have not talked about it. You have not yeah. posted the video on social, so I'm, you know, yeah. this is a great story time here. I, I was thinking about it, but okay. So I had a bird get up, pretty much right at my feet. Shot at it a couple times, and this bird was hurting bad. Um, he couldn't get any elevation. He crashed into a tree and got stuck in the tree. So I knew this bird was, was dead, essentially. Um, I didn't want him to suffer. So when I walked up, I saw him in the tree. I shot him out of the tree. But he was already very much wounded. Had that bird not been wounded, or if I hadn't shot, I probably would have come up with a different solution for that problem. But the bird was very much wounded, so, so I went ahead and, and finished him off in the tree. And I don't see anything wrong with that. No, no, I'm not talking about you shook him out of the tree. What do you mean? Well, after I shot him. No, I I, I think he was, I I thought you missed the shot and you just went up and shook the tree. To oh, shake him no, down. he was. Yeah, he was wounded. And then I shot him and finished him off. And okay. then I walked up and shook him out of the tree. Okay. okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And I've had that happen as a kid. Um, we've had birds land in trees before. I um, mean, these are all DNR raised birds. Um and I remember as a kid, you know, it was always don't shoot a bird out of a tree. And I, I fully support that if the bird isn't already, you know, half dead or you didn't shoot at it or something like that. But I remember as a kid, my dad, my dad would have me stand back and he would throw sticks up at the bird to get it to flush out of the tree. And then I'd be sitting there ready to shoot. So as soon as that bird flew out of the tree, bang, you know, I'd drop it. And that's, we did that multiple times growing up. So... I as well. I, let me tell you a story, Jeff. Here, okay, and then some advice that I got for birds landing in trees. Now, 
mind you, this has happened multiple times on on pen raised birds, game farm hunts, right? Um, whether I've been guiding or hunting, you know, trying to train a train a younger dog. And um bird lands in a tree. I'm like, I don't want to shoot it out of the tree. It doesn't feel super sporty, right? Bird's not wounded, like when you miss um or a dog you know it's a young dog they flush out in front the bird goes over to the edge of the field lands up in a tree and you're like okay yeah. you get up there right i'm like i don't want to shoot it out of the tree let me try to do what you're like your dad did and try to flush it out of the tree throw on a snowball whatever and then, then you missed it you missed the damn thing <laughs> well no then the bird flies the opposite direction away like flies away oh, from yeah. the gun and then you still don't get the bird and uh i had someone like this bird was on this field edge and the other hunters were on the other side of it and they had one that landed in our edge we let them come over and and take it because it was their bird they had paid for it and you know we're talking about this topic and they said you know um it doesn't feel very sporty but when it's you know 20 if you think of it as 25 dollars standing on the standing in the tree there um you know might yeah. change your opinion a little bit yeah no i agree so it's yeah. interesting it's it's an interesting topic it's not like it could i'm sure some people it could be really controversial but for sure and i, I and like i said if the bird is half dead and literally crashes yeah. into the tree because it can't fly anymore just put the thing out of its misery right we don't we don't want them to suffer no more than you want a deer to suffer or a turkey to suffer it's the same thing right yeah i agree I think I think the moral of this story right now, though, is that we, Jeff, you and I, we need to take Matt to a game farm and have flush a bird into a tree and let him decide what how he wants to handle that situation. <laughs> oh, I agree. <laughs> so yeah, those are my success stories. What, what about your non-success stories? Those are highly entertaining. Well. I didn't really, I guess there wasn't a whole lot of not, well, there wasn't a whole lot of opportunities. I didn't have a whole lot of bird contacts as we like to call it. Um, especially during, during the holiday hunt here in, in Wisconsin. And I, uh, I have a bone to pick with the DNR and it's been something that I've been aggravated with the last few years. It seems like it's getting worse and worse. And this year in particular, I feel was not handled very well on their end. Um, I, I think there's a lot of things that they could be doing better to give, you know, hunters a lot more better opportunities. Um, you want me to get into this? Should I, am I getting into well, just, this? Yeah, go, just go, just, just, <laughs> no, you, you, you set it up here. You teed know, it up. All right. Swing the bat, fire your shot. Let's hear it. And then I'm going to nitpick. All right. Maybe. So <laughs> maybe. <laughs> so for those of you that aren't from wisconsin that are maybe listening to this podcast we've talked multiple times that the dnr releases birds here they do what they call a holiday hunt um and it's supposed to be i think in in quotes on the website it says something to give give wisconsin hunters and additional opportunities throughout the holiday season or something like that so they'll put out i think it's 25 properties 25 properties and maybe I think, I think now I think that's right um throughout the state they'll the DNR will release x amount of birds and they always tell you you know the total throughout the whole state and they say it's over a one to two day period um and they'll give you they'll give you the time frame so this year Christmas was on what a Monday yeah Christmas was on a Monday, Christmas was on a Monday. so that means that the large majority 
of us working class hunters. Working class is that the right word to use? Working class, working no, class hunters. Say, say average. People average work, people that have to work. People that have not, to work. Non-retirees that work at nine to five. Yeah. Non-retirees that work at nine to five didn't have extra vacation, or they didn't have days off for Christmas the week prior. Yeah, right. We worked till the twenty second. Right. We worked till that. We worked yeah. to that Friday. So the DNR decided to. They were going to release that week. Um, and in our area, I believe they released on Thursday. Um, Tyler, at least you were out on Thursday. And from the sounds of it, that's probably when they released, if not the day before. So I ended up having to take a vacation day. Yes, I took a vacation day to go out on Friday and try to get a couple birds for the, the holiday hunt. Tyler, you said there was a bunch of guys out on Thursday, right? There were a lot, there was lots of orange driving around. Um, and I would say they dumped that day or it would have to be in the afternoon, the night before. I think it was that morning. I was out midday afternoon and the one spot I went to right off the parking lot, Mac was like super birdie. And then it just, there was, it would just stop. And then we go, it was, it was, it was like they done the whole bunch of birds, like hit the ground there and then got up and flew away. Yeah. Very very so, telling so yeah most there. most likely they released on yeah. thursday so i went out yeah. on friday same area that you were at i hunted for three hours i got one rooster up at the end flushed real far out in front of me i took a shot i ended up dropping it um ended up not being able to find it but dropped it um but yeah three hours one bird now my dad lives in south of me he lives near an area um, that's very popular um, bong recreation area, which is a very, very popular area for pheasant hunting. Um, too popular. So Matt, does your, does your dad pheasant hunt down there? No, we never, we never did. I mean, we knew about the pheasant stuff, but like growing up, I didn't have a dog. So it was, you know, we never really went out for it. I think I hunted bong one time with a high school friend that had a, an okay dog, but yeah. It wasn't around any of the release times or anything. I think we saw one dead pheasant. We never really went out. The okay. bong is huge. It's yeah, and, it's it's big. But the pheasant area, I think there's I don't think the whole thing is open to pheasants, but maybe it is. I'm not sure. I've, I've only pheasant like once. Yeah. Yeah. I've heard it's a war zone pretty much every uh, weekends normally. It's just a war zone. Right. They release birds like every day down there. They do, but it's usually only like a dozen or fifteen or something like that. But anyhow. The holiday hunt, I think it was Friday they released birds there, I want to say. Thursday or Friday. They put out 500 birds. So a, my dad's buddy um, talked to the lady at the check-in. You have to actually pay to hunt bong. I think it's like $7 to go out and pay. So he talked to the lady at the check-in station. They put out 500 birds. They had 300 hunters on that Thursday or Friday, the day that they put them out. 300. There was a line down highway 30 or was that highway 36 i think that it goes through there um no is it high? no i forget the highway that's that's right there um but yeah they had a line of cars 300 hunters she estimated being out there my dad went out the day after with my 11 year old nephew didn't bump a bird not a single bird he hunted for over two hours and like that's that's what bothers me the most you know most of us are either working or in school you know it just doesn't seem 
I think they could do a lot better spreading out the release. You know, not only is it dangerous, but it's not giving the people that are at work and the people that are, you know, the younger generation who are probably in school still, like my nephew. You wouldn't even be home. It's not even college or younger. You still wouldn't even be off school. I mean, it's not giving these these youth opportunities to to go out and hunt. So my nephew, I kid you not, over Christmas, he told my dad, he said, Pa, I don't want to go to Bong anymore. Because the last three or four times he went to Bong, they didn't see any birds because they missed the release day by a couple days or whatever it may be, or there's a ton of guys out there. You know, and that that irks me a lot that he's 11 years old and he's already kind of getting put off of pheasant hunting just because of the way the DNR is handling the releasing of these birds. You know, and it's, it's a retiree's game, you know, or a work-from-home person that can sneak out. Um, you know, shots fired right there. Ooh, but that's fine. You can, some people have more flexibility, right? No, no, it's okay. But the people that are working in an office setting, you know, that's actually the problem. I mean, make it three days before and three days after, and it's going to be completely sporadic on when they're released. Right. And you don't do, and you don't do a 500 dump, you do a 100 or specifically a bong, right? You just spread it out 100 every day before granted it'll still be busy right but hopefully not 300 people busy or by right. tyler or, you know that spot maybe it's not just the thursday before and you have people waiting in the parking lot like you're at a game farm literally watching where they're released potentially like why couldn't it be three days before and three days after sorry you have to be like actually sporting about it and figure out where the birds went no i 100 percent agree kinda... i I feel like there's multiple like avenues they could take to make it better, yeah. but it just seems like none of them, you know, I, and I've reached out to the biologists and some of the people that manage this thing, um, over the past few years, it just doesn't seem like there's a whole lot of, um, desire to make a change, which is, which is kind of unfortunate to hear. And I wish they'd be more willing to hear, you know, our voices and our frustrations, but yeah. it is what it is. Seven bucks too, like charge. $30 a car or something, you know, like actually make it worth their time and then put it back towards the pheasant, right? You know, release more next year because $7 dropping a hat for you know, how much you spend on hunting, right? Right. And you have 300 guys there, you yeah. know, you know, how, how many, how many, you know, uh, you know, eggs and chicks and stuff could you, you, you raise next year in addition, just from that money potentially. Right. That's fair. That's, I mean, the demand is there to increase yeah, it. Clearly. There's, I I full heartedly agree that spreading it out more, like releasing some before, and like in that that gap would be beneficial. I think and give people more birding opportunities. Um, you know, it's it's, a, it's like, a yeah. It's not like you're gonna go the day after Christmas and think, wow, I got a really good shot at this. Well, you better go what that Thursday when you know they're gonna be there because right. Friday was already a bust. Like right. And you're calling it a like, holiday hunt, right? Is last I checked, the holidays included New Year's as well. But yeah. why don't you call it a pre-Christmas hunt? Because that's really or all if that's it, it just do you it know, between, do it between Christmas and New Year's, right? It's, well, and that's like, when the majority of people have off is in between yeah, that week. You know, yeah. that's when people are taking family time and taking vacations is in between Christmas and New Year's. It's not three days before Christmas. That's not yeah. when a lot of people are taking off of work, you know? Yeah. I think the other thing too, there's a, there can be a bit of an ethical dilemma to this too. Cause you do have people who will go, 
you know, they'll locate birds and they'll go, they'll shoot limits on multiple days on these birds. Right. So where do you draw the line? Right. Do like, as a hunter, if you go down there and you shoot a limit, are you going to come back the next day and try to do it again? Some people do. Yeah. Right. And it's a pen raise. It's these are, you know, pen raised birds that are not going to survive. Like, yeah. do you, do you do that? Do you give other hunters the opportunity? Like, what do you, what do you do? And everybody, you know, is entitled to their own opinion here, but it's, it's interesting as you start to think about it and dive a little bit deeper. Right. Um, you know, in a lot of places they do like the afternoon closures, um, you know, or, or why can't you release right after shooting light, you know, in the evenings, you know, the large majority of those birds I would think would at least make it through the night, um, or close down an area for a few hours while you release, Mm -hmm. you know, if you know, you're going to release, you know, at this area, you always release from 10 to to noon, we'll close it down a couple hours before a couple hours after or whatever it may be, you know, at least give those birds a little bit of an opportunity to you know, kind of spread out and run around a little bit before guys just, you know, attack them within 10 minutes of them flying out of the truck. It's, it is, it's interesting too, because it's, um, there's, it is a retiree's game, right? There's people that have, I mean, there's people that just seem to know when their birds are going to get released right. and they're just on them all the time. Right. Well, and, and that's the thing, like with my nephew, you know, if he's going to, if he's not tasting any success on public lands here in Wisconsin, because he's having, he's having to hunt on a, a Saturday or a Sunday versus a Wednesday or a Thursday, you know, that, how is that going to help, you know, bring more people, you know, especially our youth into the sport and get them excited to go. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, the other thing too, is there's, there seems to be so much pent up demand too, for the, like around the holiday hunt. Do we need more birds? I mean, really do we need more birds because greg tubbs one of our first guests on this who's a co-host of the okayus hunter podcast which is the flagship podcast of the okayus podcast network shout out which we're part of here plug (laughs) you know he he was doing some late season deer hunting and he goes to a spot that he didn't realize it was the holiday hunt right he pulls in a deer hunt. he's early right on this public spot and he pulls in he's the second truck in as he's getting ready a dozen trucks pulled in behind him and i'm on this group text message and he is ranting about why are all these people chasing these stupid little birds these stupid ditch chickens what is so great like why are there a dozen trucks pulling in with orange and everybody's racing out there like oh greg that's because it's the holiday hunt they release birds he's like okay i'm done i'm, I'm gonna go somewhere else you know but that like think i mean you got a dozen trucks pulling into a spot right You've got 300 hunters pulling into Bong, which is huge, right? It, it's crazy to have that much pent up demand. So do we have a demand issue? Do we have a supply issue? There's a lot of stuff. Um, there's a lot of stuff that I think it's good in theory. I think there's just, to your point, Jeff, and some of the things you talked about, Matt, there's there's ways to get, to improve it. Right. No, no, for sure. Yeah. So yeah, that's my soapbox. You got me going now. I'm all flushed and flustered and good thing. I still got a little beer here. Oh, I mean, he, he, Matt, his cheeks are looking a little red, aren't they? Yeah, he's, he's all worked up. He is worked up. He is worked up. All right. I've actually got, <clears throat> I've got two more quick updates that I just wrote down here as we were talking. So number one, not related to birds or dogs, but I did pick up my venison from the processor. So, Ooh. oh yeah, oh yeah. I had. Uh, I'm gonna be knocking on your door tomorrow. Oh, you some, know I it. Some, I need some sticks. You need some sticks. So, so when do you? So Jeff, when do you get yours back? I don't know. Hopefully soon. 
I, I got to imagine it'll be a couple weeks. Okay. Okay. I was my, thinking my I would 54 pounds of sausage. I had like four, I had like 48 or something like that. I was thinking uh, a trade would be in order here. Oh yeah. We could do a little sample so I'm, we can gonna try both different that. kinds. I mean, I'm all, I'm all right. So for me, like deer hunting, like the way I was raised, you, you like share, I love like giving away some of the stuff oh, yeah. that I have, you know, giving that out. So I would give some to you, but I also want to try some ears. I want to try some food processor. hundred percent. You can't then, have the regular sticks though. My, my uh, three-year-old daughter said, daddy, I want the regular sticks. So okay. I'm not going to give you the regular ones, but I got a couple of the hot ones. Uh, okay. Hot. I'm not, I'm not big on the hot game, but I would I got try garlic. It. I got garlic too. Okay. Garlic. Give me garlic, garlic. Double I have smoked. garlic. I have garlic and original and man, the garlic is fire. It is yeah. so good. That's from, um, that's from Marty's, right? From Marty's. Yes. Yeah. They, their, their garlic is, is out of this world. It's so good. Yeah. Now I've got, so I've got that. Um, I did count cause I got brats. I mean, I don't remember how many pounds, but I had 48 brats that I picked up. Um, I've cooked eight of them. The Rubicon style. They're very good. I do need to figure out a trick with them. I need to talk to an actual chef, which is in the works here, um, about that. So that is awesome. I'm really excited about that. I do have, I did get some whole roast too. I had them cut out some back leg roast. I have one of those in the uh, fridge that is out there curing essentially. And I'll smoke that this coming weekend. Very, very, very excited about that. Uh, Matt, when's the next time you pass through Wisconsin? That's a good question. I don't know. I don't have a, I don't think I have a, a planned date. We can set up a set up a game farm hunt. I was gonna a, say a venison exchange. Game, yeah, we might have to do a game farm hunt this spring on a trip home. So we'll have to talk about that when I get back from my my February trip. Okay, we'll talk about we'll talk about well February trip is going to be its own episode. Yeah, that'll, I'm sure. Yeah, um, we'll talk about more about that in the future here. But yes, game farm hunt, venison donation swap, whatever you want to call it here. Right, I'm all, I'm all about it here. So that's update number one. Update number two, uh, Ren is officially in heat, right? Ooh. We've got blood everywhere. And I'm, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yes. Get the diapers, get the diapers out. Uh, we got it. The diapers are annoying. Though. I just make her go lay on a bed when she's not in the kennel. Um, but I think today is, she's probably just about prime time ready to go because last night, Mac, started to act even more stupid just like he yeah she's out he's like he gets like this crazy eye look you see the whites of his eyes his ears are back and he's like and he's just more vocal so yeah you know the two to four week heat cycle hopefully she's just stopped bleeding soon and then interesting swelling. interesting dynamic in your household tyler oh yes it is yes it is i can't wait for for the swelling to go down too i don't know it helps that, so I'm going to ask you this, Matt, in just a second after I make this observation. So I've seen, right, the, technically it's the, the vulva, right, is what swells in the dog. And with the yellow labs, it's, like, very visible. It's very large. It, like, you know, there's some blood there, that red. You see that, and you're like, whoa, right? Black lab, it's a little bit more hidden because it's black. You went through a heat cycle with Maggie before you spayed her, Matt. Did was yep. it was it like just staring you in the face? Very kinda obvious. Like, okay, kind of like Max balls that are just yep. hang out all the time. <laughs> yeah. Yep, it was very obvious. That was actually the first thing 
Because as I told you, it was some quality father dog tour time while uh, Kelly was out of town. And uh, I think that was actually the first thing that was abundantly clear that we were we were going to be changing some things around the house. And like, probably, you know, I don't remember the whole order of it, but I think she kind of started spotting around the house like pretty shortly after that because Kelly was still gone. But yeah, it was the first time. And I remember texting Kelly. I was like, you're going to be home soon. And she looks different. I'm just going to put it that way. It'll be very obvious when you get back. Uh, so, you know, in a smaller chocolate, it was very obvious. Okay. Did, yeah. did her behavior change? She, no, she was pretty mellow. She didn't, she didn't really do anything too different. And like I told you guys in the text, like she was super clean. Like, honestly, we barely cleaned up anything, which was super nice. Okay. I've seen Ren's bed is not quite the same. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think she's bleeding a lot, actually, yeah. too. She's got to get a bath because the kennel time that she's spending, she's, like, bleeding and then it's getting in her coat. Just, it's interesting. So she'll get a yeah. nice bath here when she stops bleeding. And yeah. like, she's going to go in the shower. We're going to we got the removable yeah. header and, and sh- just, yeah. just get her all cleaned up and smelling good again. And hopefully she's a little less clingy. I don't know. She's... She is she is a dog that craves physical attention and she misses it and she misses Mac as well. Right. So like I will I'm not necessarily I guess you could say I'm playing with fire a little bit. Like I'll have like they're both very obedient dogs, right? So Ren's on this bed, Mac, you're in a bed in the other room or whatever. If I take my eyes off, right, she will try to sneak in and just be in the same room with him. She's not right, re- like this is the you know last week, a couple days ago, if she's not ready, right? So there's nothing would happen today. That would be a different story. Yeah. Uh, but she just like needs to be around him. And she, you know, needs to like be touching someone all the time. And it's like, okay, we need to just clear the system out here and just get some exercise and just be a normal dog again, if that's possible. Cause she's just wired a little bit differently, but yeah. Yeah, conversation my- is really uh, taking a turn here. Oh, this is the this we are we have yeah we are delving into some uh, not so fun territory. Those are my two updates. Nice, venison, dog and heat, blood everywhere. <laughs> oh, God. Oh. oh, all right. Any 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 other updates that you thought of here as we were chit chatting, Matt? We got to talk about your. Uh... All clear. Oh, yeah. You're all clear. Yeah. Uh, hearing yeah. protection. Yeah, I did exactly as Art said not to do on our podcast. Shout out, shout out to Art. Um, and I tried him out at home and took him immediately on a trip. So I had full intentions of going to the shooting range and and doing some stuff with that. And then life kind of got in the way, and I uh, just kind of did it live. Um, had some issues on the first day, which Art has been awesome. And I reached out to him about some things. Um, you can't even tell they're in, and it's awesome. Um, you know, I, I played a ton with the volume. I, I kept it on the setting. Art kind of told me the first setting is the main one you'd mostly be in. Um, just depending on who was talking, I'd be playing with the volume in each year and trying to get used to it. Like, you know, having he's got some ice heaters running out in the water, and like you could hear it bubbling, but then you turn it up, and it's like it's, it's just it's so much more clear. Um. And you can hear the conversation happening behind you, you know, 
underneath, you know, while they're cooking. And you have this hearing protection in where I'm just so used to any hearing protection I've had. Like, you're not going to hear unless you're just having like a direct conversation with somebody. You're not going to hear those like whispering voices behind you and it's crystal clear. Um, and like it real foot. So, like I said about the calling, you know, they're just screaming into the call. It talks you would never call that up here. And, you know, it's just the way it's tuned, you know, it's, it's dropping that noise level down and it's, it was refreshing to not have like a ring headache at the end of the day. Cause I, I usually do, you know, if you're between, if you're shooting a ton and, and, um, and then having that calling, like, I don't know, I usually have a headache down there. Um, I did not have that at all this year. Granted, we weren't shooting a ton, but we're still calling a lot. Um, and then the shooting itself, I can't say that I could, you know, when you're in the moment, you're not really thinking about how loud it is, but like, you know, th there's 10 stalls or whatever. My dad's right next to me. There's an empty one and then my guide. And usually I'm not saying you get wrong every time, but like if you're shooting up behind you or you have to spin around the blind, like there's a lot going on and at least once per time down there, you're usually getting wrong pretty good. Or like, you know, if somebody's shooting a cripple, like you feel like you have to duck out of the way, you know, plug your one ear. It was so nice to just watch it all happen and not have to worry about that. Like it was, it was really cool. Um, so I do really enjoy them so far. Still trying to figure out like it comes with a lanyard. The first day I used it, I just feel like you got so much going on. Like you got your hood and maybe a second hood and you know strings there, and you've got this lanyard either in the front or the back. And you know if you're wearing a GoPro and had a cord, like it's just another cord. So the next two days, I I took that out and was just using it in here because I didn't take it out the entire day. You know from 6 30 in the morning till one in the afternoon and i probably won't wear the cord again unless i'm, unless I'm really worried about dropping it but it was it was awesome i can't speak highly enough of it now how i mean how quiet is it when you shoot is it i mean is it, is it essentially silent when you shoot and when the gun goes it's off not silent you, you know what's there but it's it's i don't know what the percentage would be and like i said you're so in the moment like i think i'd have to do what art suggested right is go to the shooting range like you know go to the range and shoot clays where you where you you're actively thinking about was it quiet or not you know i did exactly the opposite first time i used it muffled was the first duck that came in i'm not thinking about how loud it was i just pulled up and tried to shoot that green head like that was the goal um i'd have to really think about it more but like i said i wasn't on the ones where you would be concerned or thinking about it, like those cripples out front or somebody and somebody shooting and you're, I'm just used to like plugging an ear and like ducking out of the way. So you don't get it. I didn't have to do that at all. Like that's how much of a difference it was. So you think it'll allow you to actually like focus on your shot a lot better? I think so. I think it'll take a little time to get used to, but not having, and I know Art talked about not flinching. I, I think there's probably really something to that though. Because you're oh, not 100%, 100%. About, you're really not worried about that at all. So I, I'm not saying I'm going to get better, but I do hope that that actually does make a difference. Where you're not worried about the ring or the, right, you know, anything that comes from that. So well, well the the flinch thing has to be true. I mean, yeah, even even at work, you know, we have you know after hours in my in our shop, the exhaust ducks like bang in some of our um, grinding booths, and you know if you're in there without earplugs in, even when you know it's coming you flinch and jump every time it happens. But if yeah. you have earplugs in, you can just sit there and grind away and you don't even think about it. So, you know, so yeah. there's gotta be something to that with when it comes to shooting a gun too. And I think especially if you're in a group setting, right? So like my dad's right next to me, not having to worry about, you know, if he reloaded another one and is gonna shoot and you're, you're pulling up, 
you know, and swinging in the same or opposite directions, you're not thinking about him shooting anymore because it, it right. doesn't really bother you. Whereas before you're like, is this going to like, you know, you're kind of maybe ducking out of the way as you're shooting. I think it'll make a big difference. That way. Yeah. I actually miss, I missed too. a Turkey this last spring because of that. We were, we were doing, we were trying to shoot a double. I don't know if I told this story, but we were trying to shoot a double and we tried to do it on three, which I learned is not a good idea. And my buddy who was sitting right next to me shot just like a hair quicker mm-hmm. than I did. And it was enough to make me jump. And I pulled my gun and missed the Turkey, you know? So had I had hearing protection like that, it probably would be a different story. Yeah. It's, it's, it's interesting. I mean, Matt sounds like money well spent. Yeah, absolutely. That's awesome. It is. Yeah. I'm, I'm ninety five percent certain I'm going to buy a pair this year. Like yeah. the money has been allotted from each paycheck that I get this year to go into our HSA, and it's been increased to pay for them. Yeah. Awesome. The only thing, it's just like your vest, Tyler. Like I wish I would have used it or been able to use it more. You know. Yeah. It happens. But yeah. It's, yeah. Well. Tyler, make sure it's not like the final rise of S. Make sure you do it before you get it before and you have time. To, yeah, exactly. Have time to use it before. No, no. I think probably probably mid year here is when I'm I'll probably uh start I'll reach out to Art and start to get it so that it's ready to go for hunting season. Yeah. Um yeah, you I'm know, I got, seriously consider it as well. It, well, the other thing too is like I'm, you know, I'll be Matt, you're gonna be thirty five. I'm gonna be thirty six here and a month and you know i'm i'm noticing more you know repercussions headaches that type of thing from shooting firearms now than before you know and so it's like i, I don't want to it sucks when we when we did that goose hunt turn dove hunt i shot once and i had a i mean I, my bell was wrong i my head was pounding you know, did it stop me from chasing birds? No, you know, and continue to try yeah. Oh, it sucked. But in 20 years, it's going to stop me. Maybe, Yeah. you know, and you just won't hear as well. So it'll be quieter. Yeah. <laughs> you well, won't hear anything as well, but that's, that's obviously not the goal. <laughs> no. And, and like, well, that's another thing too. You know, like I'm, I'm trying, I want to protect my hearing. Right. I, I do. I'm more aware of it now than ever because you know, both my daughters have hearing loss. So right. that's like a very, it's you've very, very learned, important. You've, yeah, you've you've learned how valuable it is. It is, right? And, you know, for them, they're lucky in that, right, this is all that they know. And that may sound, that may sound negative, but, right, it's easier for them to adjust to life out of the gates like that than it is for us to have full hearing and then lose it. Mm-hmm. Like, it's, it, yeah. it, it, it really, really is. People, people really struggle with that. So... It's it's just a focus of something to think about, and I'm planning to take care of it this year. Yeah. Well, sh- shout out to All Claire Outdoors, those guys. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. That's yeah, awesome. we had yeah we had Art Diaz on the podcast a while ago, and he was an awesome guest. I want to have him back on just to talk hunting because. Yeah, I do too. From the season and the photography and stuff, I keep seeing Tate yeah. and Phil Phil Kanky's stuff too. So. Yeah. Yeah, definitely yeah. want to learn more, and he uh, he definitely opened our eyes to that, and I think. You know, it's funny. We have guests on and they, they must be good salespeople because we keep buying their stuff. <laughs> yeah, we got to be careful who we, who we keep having. Yeah, we're going to run out of money. <laughs> yeah. I know, seriously. We got to start bringing in some companies that sell like $10 items here instead of $1,000 <laughs> items. Yeah. Well, there must be an easy sale. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, we're just uh, a couple. We're just a, 
a bunch of suckers in this podcast. We are just a bunch <laughs> of suckers. So hey, any company, if you want to make a quick sell, you just spend about an hour with us and yeah, not a bang, about yep. a boom. You know, <laughs> yeah, guaranteed a couple of sales uh, there. That's awesome. Oh, all right. Um, I think we gotta. I think we gotta wrap this this baby up here and move into our sky blasting questions. All right. Which do yeah. you have any? Am I the only one that has these sky blasting questions tonight? Well, give me, give me, give me like ten seconds, and I will. I'll come up with a couple. Okay. All right. You want me to start while you're thinking about them, you, or what? You go for it. You start. I got four. Oh. I should have five to match uh, how many times that guy that cut me off on the public ground here shot and missed that pheasant. <laughs> okay. But uh, any, no, I'm not at all. That's a, that was a whole other story that had me all pissed off, but. Whatever. Okay. All right. Uh, any New Year's resolutions outside of hunting and training? So I, many. I, well, I was gonna say. Just I give me one. Ones. Just give me one. Uh, read at least twelve books again this year. Twelve books. Ooh. Okay. Book a month. Oh, ooh, man. Eighteen ooh. last year. So that'll be exactly up. twelve more than I'm gonna read this year if you achieve that goal. So <laughs> that's off to you. <laughs> That's that is actually hilarious. I, I wrote down ten. Actually, was my goal. Um, now, okay, Matt, cl clarification here. Do you count audiobooks? No, me and Kelly argue about this. And audio. That's not. not that's count. not reading. That's listening. That's not, exactly. Otherwise, podcasts would count, and I would have hundreds of hours. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh, how many wow. books are you going to listen to this yeah, year? Tyler, yeah, that's that what you have to say. How many listens and how many reads? Yeah. Uh, it depends. Uh, probably it'll probably be split 50, 50 actually. Okay. All right. About so 50, five 50. listens and five reads. I think, I think so. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Awesome. Okay. Books for both of you guys. That's your new year's resolutions. Yeah. That was, it was one of many. I was actually looking back cause I have it written down in here. Cause I actually, I need to put it in electronic format here. Okay. Uh, so I don't lose it when I throw this. My little journal away, but anyway, oh, keep going, Jeff. Mine will be mine will be really easy to keep track of. Okay, okay. Um, all right. This is this is kind of fun. What was your celebrity? Hopefully, the wives aren't listening to this one anymore. But what is your celebrity crush when you were younger? Anybody? Oh, Christina Aguilera was one. For Christina sure. Aguilera. Okay. Yeah. Tyler. Uh Salma Hayek. Who? Just not what I expected. I don't know who that is. No, really? Give me some context. What, what is she, was she a actress? Yeah, actress. Yeah. yeah. Yes. What, was she a movie? Movie actress? Shows? Yes. Movies. Yeah, movies. Yeah. Which yeah. movies? Uh, the first one that I remember seeing was Wild Wild West. Wild Wild West. With Will I'm Smith. Have, I'm gonna have to. Movie. I'm gonna have to look this up. I don't. I don't remember her. Just look. Just look real quick here. Okay. Wait. What was the name? Selma Hayek. Selma Hayek. I probably recognize her face. Probably recognize something else too. Grown ups. She's in Magic Mike. Oh, <laughs> I didn't know. I've never seen that movie. So. Uh huh. Sure. Sure. All right. Let's see here. Uh. Oh yeah, I know who that is. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Okay, I wasn't expecting that. Okay. Like throw you for a loop. All right, you really did. All right, perfect. Those are good answers. Oh shoot. Now I close my I close my sky blast questions. Um, okay, I think the next one was what is your um ammo manufacturer of choice? 
water. Or do you even, do you I'm not care? On, I'm currently on the boss train for water boss. Yep. Okay. Any specific yep. type? I shoot the two and three quarter inch three five combo shot. The or OG one. Although I am currently out of stock. So you I shoot those be... for ducks too? Yeah. Two and three quarter. Yep. Interesting. Dang Matt. That's pretty yeah. awesome. That's killer. Yeah, so now I gotta decide if I want the OG ones or the war chief ones, but I don't think I can spend the money on the war chief. That's their new. How much line. is a how much is a box of twenty five shells? It's a box of twenty, Jeff. So oh, it's uh, only twenty. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Why that? do they do that? It's a great question. Because you gonna go to a sporting with... sporting place? <laughs> you're gonna be kind of <laughs> screwed me, when it comes to sporting. You're not place. gonna be shooting those at sporting place. Yeah. Pretty sure. <laughs> I'm fairly certain. I'm just gonna run out of a box a whole lot quicker when I'm missing so much. You know. Exactly. No, what is it? Uh, thirty-five dollars, I think, for twenty. Yeah. I uh, what did I, I uh, okay? Maybe, I thought it was gonna maybe, be worse maybe than that. Thirty. I thought it was gonna be worse than that. I think when I bought them, they were thirty dollars. They might be thirty-five now. Okay. Tyler, you probably don't. You probably dabble. Tyler shoots whatever's in his backpack. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. It's all over the board. Uh, the bat. The the best ammo that I've used is heavy. Um, mm. heavy I, I bought some. I bought some of that. I put it in a 28 gauge and I've gone out to a game farm with that. Nice. And that was fun. That was yeah. fun. It's expensive, especially 28 gauge ammo. Yeah. And so now it's pretty much what, yeah, whatever's in my bag. I don't gotcha. know. So whatever ammo manufacturer we have on will be the next, the, the ammo that'll ask me that. Or question. all three of us are going to yes. buy that ammo. Yes. We're all going to buy cases of it because they'll talk yes. us into it. No doubt. Yeah. Right. <laughs> okay. Um, my last one. Are either of you going to consider trying to turkey hunt this spring? Not even on the radar. No. Oh, I missed my the application. Well, you can still get a I, leftover tag. I could, but that would require effort and money that I'm not going to spend and effort oh, that I'm not going to It's $10. It's $10. It's also... That's one, that's one pass to bomb. He could use next year for the... The holiday <laughs> for the holiday hunt, he can be number two hundred and ninety-eight hunter yes. in line because yeah. undoubtedly he will sleep through his alarm late. and be late for the, <laughs> <Yeah>. for the line. <laughs> nice, nice. That's oh. like that's like half a box of ammo, whatever is cheapest at flea farmer on clear. Uh, <laughs> that's very true. That's awesome. <laughs> all right, you guys are missing out. You have okay. to live vicariously through me. Okay, that's, that's cool. all I have for Sky Blast. Did you have enough time to I've find? Got, some I've got pilots? questions for you. Oh yeah, I've got some for you, uh, Matt. For you specifically, are there any specific books on your list to read? You have anything written down? Uh, so I don't. Do you use Goodreads the app? If you don't, you should. Um, I have a growing list of my books that I want to read, and it just depends on what shows up or is available at the local public libraries okay. um, although i also have a stash that we bought not on my goodreads list at the library that you know as they clear out things or i found it at some bookstores when we were on vacation that i i'll probably read nothing specific though i don't really have my next book planned out okay okay i have like completely eight. random i just go on a, i go on a you know i just read a civil war book and i was kind of in the mood for that and i wanted to change it up and reading something else Okay, I have I have like eight of them written down. I know that. Oh, no, I have like, yeah, okay, a ridiculous list. Okay, 
Um, all right. Next one is for both of you is how happy are your wives now that hunting season is over with? I mean, I don't know if it's sunk in yet. Season <laughs> is over. Twenty twenty four is kind of just starting. Depending on how you look at it, yeah, that's true. You're going on a trip, so, so. <laughs> so I would still consider my season not done. I, I count it as the like the season, you know, like my my spring trips are wrapped up in you know the twenty twenty three season. So okay, I'm not done yet. Okay, although yeah, I mean the boat's been put away for a while, so I'm I'm mostly okay. done. Yeah, okay. I, I think Lauren's pretty happy. I think she's. She's probably happy to spend a little bit more time for herself to away from the kids and do some of the things yeah. that that she wanted that she's been wanting to do, you know, some of the the niceties of life, if you will. Sure. And are both of you feeling less stress now that the season is over with minus your upcoming trip, Matt? Oh yeah, as soon as I put the boat away, you know, you, you get the anxiety of Who's going to be at the launch? Are there going to be birds? That whole stuff, that's all that disappeared right yeah. away. You sleep a lot better. Oh, so much better. Yeah. It's, the anticipation yeah. and I'm the not, anxiety I'm not of already it all. thinking about the next time I'm going out where I'm going to go. The wind's going to be like, who's going to be in my spot already? All of that I haven't thought about for over a month now. I already got the trips in my mind, though. That's all. That's that's circling already. The different trips yeah. that I want to take and yeah, where I want to go. it's just the day-to-day hunting that I'm not. Right. Uh, stressed right. out about anymore yeah. for we, sure we and we we have skipped over like goals and trips for 2024 it's gonna have to be a separate episode yeah we're yeah i moved i just moved us past that so yeah, that works yeah if you were looking for that in this episode sorry maybe maybe the next one here uh okay boys uh, let's wrap up with two more here uh what did you have for dinner tonight gonna be a funny answer i'm pretty sure you already know it because we had, talked about it last he had time. chicken nuggets did he absolutely <laughs> Whole family. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> we had uh we had fried rice. Okay. Yeah. And I do have some backstrap marinating in the fridge right now. So I'm really excited Ooh. to uh Ooh. I just put it in the marinade. It was I thought it out today. Put it in the marinade. So hopefully tomorrow I can uh throw some of that on the grill. Okay. Okay. All right. What'd you what'd you marinate it in? Just Italian dressing. You are a big Italian dressing guy. I'm big. It's, it's the it's my go to quick, easy. Just squirt a bunch of Italian dressing in a bag. It's either that or barbecue sauce usually. But hopefully, I can learn a few more uh, tricks here with uh, hopefully an upcoming guest that we have in the future. Oh yeah, it's it's being finalized. Yep, maybe multiple because since I ask about food all the time, you know that I'm that's what I'm thinking about. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, uh, last one here. It is January 10th when we are recording this episode. So you're going to have to think back in your memory tanks a little bit. But how many Christmas cookies did you consume this year? Or I should say I last year. I still am, so I okay. don't know if that counts. <laughs> not a lot for me. It's probably under a dozen, honestly. Oh, my gosh. No, I know. Not my answer. Yeah. It wasn't, it wasn't as much as I normally do. That's highly disappointing, Jeff. I think I had more cookies on our Iowa trip than I did over Christmas. <laughs> that is, except for those crappy Walmart ones that you bought that made you crap your pants every time you ate them. Oh no, that made me just sick. Oof, yuck. Oh. Uh, Matt, Matt, how are you still consuming Christmas cookies? Uh, so last I'm... time I was home, so it would have been after my real foot trip. We went, we shot back up to see my grandma. 
and she sent us home with a box of my, you know, grandma's traditional nice. cookies, cookies. So I'm, okay. I've been working through those. Yeah. Okay. Do you do, do the, like do you do the bread trick where you put the the slice of bread inside of the bin to keep them soft? Typically, we do. Yep. Yeah. That's, that's I learned about that like a, only that, three years ago. It was a game changer. That's a okay. pro move. Oh, Tyler doesn't know. Hold on. Time out. You I don't know this? Never heard of this. You're kidding, Someone, Tyler. So back up, back up here. Okay. Oh what? my God. We're gonna blow his mind. What is the oh. trick? What is okay? The trick? So if you want to keep your cookies soft, yeah. Whatever container they're in, okay. just put a slice of bread in the container, and okay. all the and moisture from the bread. How hard that piece of bread will be oh, yeah. in like it, a day or two. It'll and be replace bone it again. dry. And yep. but those cookies will be as soft as they were when you pulled them out of the oven. Yep. I replace the bread every couple of days or whenever yeah. you lift it out and it's kind of hard. Just replace it with another piece of bread. It's amazing. Yeah. I can't believe you don't know this. <laughs> well, I can't either. <laughs> the the other so I the amount of cookies you guys bake just unbelievable dude you're this is this is like a this this episode is life changing for you Mm -hmm. it is now it's only life changing though if we have cookies that last more than a couple days in this house but now you can make a double batch and they'll still last yep true okay okay mind blown here yeah. <laughs> now now if you made it this far and you these are the tips and tricks that you that's just why you listen to the end of the episode because this is why you, know, you tune in yep yes <laughs> yeah. this is right here we're not talking we're not talking hunting recaps dogs any of that stuff it's for how to keep your christmas cookies fresh and how to order copious amounts of french fries at culver's for discounted bingo. prices bingo yes yes we are <laughs> we are food motivated individuals here right food motivated uh, if you did make it this far, thank you. Just thank you for tuning in. Uh, we appreciate your support. If you have 10 seconds, go ahead and leave us a review. Uh, shoot us a message on social media, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. We'd love to interact some more, especially this year. I think we want to we want to hear from more of you and what you've got going on here. We've got some stuff in the works, future guests. It should be fun. Tune in for that. Uh, keep uh, Keep listening. We appreciate it. And uh, yeah, that's it. Have a good night or morning or day, depending on the time of day when you're listening. Peace out. See ya.